Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Hi, uh, you're welcome to Back to Base, the program that seeks to inspire and captivates its listeners by sharing the remarkable stories of tech pioneers and innovators from all over the world. And uh, these pioneers, what they do is they tell us how they started and tell us where they are, you know, give us some, I like to say, uh, nuggets. <laughs> give us advice for those who are still planning on, on being in this space. Back to Base is here to bridge the gap and humanize these founders and innovators. Now, our mission is to take you on a captivating journey where we delve into the minds of these remarkable individuals and explore the thought processes that filled their achievement. We want to demystify, to make sure you know that these people are humans, right? And that if you... How do how do um, motivational speakers say? They say if you uh, if you perspire to retire, you will not desire. <laughs> so we're just going to um, do that. All right. Today we'll be having a conversation with the CEO and co-founder of NetApps Technologies, and of course, I know that he has founded many other uh, companies. He is a serial entrepreneur. Hello, sir. Good afternoon, Lillian. Good afternoon, sir. So how are you doing today? I'm fine. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Thank you for uh, joining us today. So I want to start the way I always start. I like to go back to base, right? Tell me about how you... First of all, you know, I know that you didn't start with NetApps, right? You started with uh, another company. So what company was that? Well, actually, I started with a a software company also um, named Cisner Software Solutions Limited. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually build enterprise uh, solutions, ERP solutions for both the public and private organizations, sector organizations. More like what I call not generalized application, it's just specialized ones. Mm. So we tell you to meet the client's need here. Okay. And um, just as you said, ah, you're taking me back to memory lane. <laughs> yeah, so why did you even start with software? Why did you go into this tech space of, of all the spaces you could um, dive into? It's a long story, but then um, I think I will try and make it short. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, I actually studied computer science. And, mm. uh, yeah, even while in school, uh, I was so much keen into programming. And uh, even as at that time, then it's easier for you to sell, uh, and I mean, I still an Eskimo, mm. for you to sell software to, to companies in Nigeria. And uh, the level of uh, awareness uh, is not what it is today. So, it was very difficult. But then I actually had a, a bit of knack for it. So my early work life it also gave me a, a, another insight or advantage when it comes to tech. So I was fortunate to provide services to blue chip companies, um, the likes of Chevron, Shell, Ajib, MTN, and um, NLNG, and at different points in time. So yes. But from day one, uh, I've been into tech. But then that is my work life. Now, why did I set up Sister Software Solutions Limited? I actually saw that there was a need uh, to do things different from what it was obtainable then. As I then, well, what we were used to was uh, more or less what we call uh, the GUI, Graphic User Interface Applications. And uh, in which, uh, uh, even in terms of maintenance, the cost and everything is crazy. You deploy it on a server and then you ensure that there's network and every other systems are connected to the server. And then you have the client version installed on all the computers. And we thought it was that there's something that uh, then um, that it's invoked, which is the web. 
uh, why not let's uh, more or less uh, come up with something that uh, is easier to deploy, easier to use, and then, uh, yeah. So, and this is where we found ourselves. Uh, it's a journey of how many years, but then, yeah. We've been through that setting up so many companies also, yeah. So, before we continue your journey, I'm just curious, right? A lot of people would like to start something. But they don't know the first step to take in starting their business. Okay, I want to start a software company. Oh, okay, I know that I have seen something I can start in my own strengths. But then how do I know that it's going to sell? This overthinking will make it has made a lot of people drop their business dreams. So what process do you use in evaluating whether or not this is a good prospect? You know, this is a good business uh, to start. First and foremost, I, I agree with you. Um, um... It's not all uh, business ideas uh, actually um, are marketable, so to speak. But uh, the first and foremost is that you definitely will have to have a business idea. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about business ideas, um, there are so many ways in which you can generate a, a business idea. It could just be within your community. What is happening within your community? There are problems to be solved. Um, there are some problems that uh, might not be so deep that you might come up with. And then if you do not run it through... Um, uh, certain uh, schematics and then you just go out and build a product you then try to discover that your market segment is not much so but you need first have a business idea and you must believe in that idea you should be able to ask a couple of fam- friends and families of their opinions on those ideas as I said it could be part of our everyday problem that we need to solve and then some uh, people also develop ideas based on uh, what I call hobbies they have an art of uh, actually coming up with something, innovative solution that is not even there, but then solves a problem. But you should be able to, first of all, run it through, look at if there are products out there in the market. Are they really trying to solve the same problem that you want to solve? And if they are, how will you want to solve it differently? You need to look at your market segment first also. And then, yeah, before you start going down to say, okay, what kind of product do you want to build? Is that a product that will scale or is it a product that is limited and so on and so forth. But yeah, you need to have that business idea and convince yourself, believe in your idea, convince yourself that the idea is going to scale once uh, you've considered all those factors and then you go ahead and then start the development and then there's so many segments to it. There's a tech side to it, mm-hmm. you know, with the idea, there's a tech side. How do you get transform that idea now into solution? Their technology, which tools would you use to be able to achieve this product? Um, what's the business angle? And so on and so forth. So yeah. Um, but first, you need to have a good idea that you believe in. Okay. And and find a problem or a solution to a problem and people yeah, buy it. Yeah, yes, exactly. Hmm. Okay. Now, tell me how you went into co-founding NetApps. Uh, NetApps uh, was actually founded in 2015. October, to be precise, in 2015. And then it was just more or less, okay, I think we need to get into the payment space. Let us set up something and then see how we're going to pursue it. Initially, it was uh, more or less uh, looking at playing out in the credit finance sector. Yeah, playing out in the credit finance sector. Can we really give our credit to people from the comfort of their homes, right? And what is obtainable in the traditional businesses where you need to go to each of the companies or apply it there and then there's no synergy. You can collect from company A, company B, company C and then the level of delinquency is high and so on and so forth. The risk. How can we mitigate this risk and then come up with something that is formidable? As I then, uh, when we did, we reached out to a couple of entities in terms of licensing 
then there was nothing like that by the regulator right there on CBN. And we just continued our thing until uh, sometime around uh, 2019, uh, when the, the licenses for it was, of course, uh, the license will give you the enablement and the framework for you to actually work with it. And it also helps to promote you better, especially in terms of foreign stuff. Well, we picked it up again and said, okay, this time around, we need to go. And then, yeah, we went ahead and applied to CBN uh, that we need a license and uh, the PSSP license to be precise. And then we are given one in uh, 2021. The approval in principle came out and in 2022, the commercial license came on board. And yeah, that's where the journey of NetApp technology actually started. So we're a full-fledged payment solution service provider. My license to provide anything that has to do solutions that has to do with payments within the fintech space. Okay. And how do you stay ahead of the curve? You know, how do you ensure that you're constantly identifying new opportunities in a rapidly evolving market? Are there any specific strategies that you practice or you follow? Yeah, definitely. For you to really remain relevant and also be on top of your game, you need to actually think ahead. We are conscious also that we have a lot of competitors out there so um, we know that uh, even lots of companies have even started even far bef- before us and uh, for us to do things we need to do it differently for us to be able to get a market we're actually looking out for so yeah uh, from time to time we'll do a whole lot of uh, we'll have town hall meetings and uh, try to sample opinions uh, from our customers and from the employees both tech and non-tech of uh, some some of the services that we think that customers might actually need, and then look at uh, the cost-benefit analysis and uh, the time frame is going to take, and then we take decisions on whether to build them or not. Let me give for instance, um, we try and see money as not just money. We'll look at it from how people use money, the pattern to which they use money. Some is just to send money. Some might decide to say, okay, I'm not uh, sending money at every point in time. I need to log into my app to send money. One, let me be able to schedule it is recurring. Some will say, okay, like, okay, all of us for different use cases, um, we're sending money to our parents, for instance, on a monthly basis, but then this is the proportion to which we send. So why not let's uh, schedule that such that at every point in time, the system prompts us and then we just say yes and then select a bank account and the amount assigned to us is being sent. Uh, so we'll look at how best to play around with the acts of sending money, so being innovative and uh, we'll try to incorporate that into our solution. This is what we know that a lot of uh, a lot of product out there don't have, so yeah. Okay, what challenges have you faced as, as a company? I'm talking about NetApps now because it's not it's not always going to be you know, rosy all the time and how did you uh, how did you overcome those challenges? There are so many challenges and there are still some challenges still uh, that we face is not as rosy as it seems. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. First starts with the licensing. It's just like a camera going through the eye of a needle. You must be on top for you to be able to get your license. The documentation, the paperwork and the likes of them. But then yeah, it's good. The regulators are you know why they, they have that in place. So to get a license is an issue. The funding yeah wasn't an issue for us, but then for someone that is thinking of getting into the space it's not uh, easy bringing a hundred million for a PSSP license. So to a great extent, some people argue for 
that it kills innovation. But then, of course, this money it needs to be regulated. So yeah. Wait, did you, you say hundred million? Hundred million, yes. That but is license category that we've gone for. It's a hundred million. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. <laughs> It's 100 million, mm-hmm. and uh, for the entire spectrum, it's 250 million. Looking at uh, the PTSP, the also the super agents and the likes of them. So, for people coming on board, yet there's a bit of limitation, but then no hope lost. As I said, it's all about you getting your idea. You might not necessarily apply for the license, you can as well um, leverage on people, um, service providers that have their licenses, their payment gateway infrastructure, and plug in your solution to it. And when you scale and make money, then you can apply for your. So, yeah. The other challenges that we had was also partnership. Because uh, when you are a startup, so to speak, uh, in a new field, especially fintech space, you definitely require a lot of uh, synergy. Partnership with, let's say, for instance, the telcos, the service providers, so to speak. Partnership with insurance companies, the banks, and so on and so forth. Uh, recently, we just signed up a partnership deal with uh, Providence Bank and also Weber Bank. Um, and we're trying to provide a virtual card and a couple of other services integrated into our solution, at least to stay um, on top of our game. So those are part of the challenges, yes, that um, that is prevalent within the industry. But then they are also mountable. The only thing that it takes time and then, yeah. All right. I would like to even know, how um, one can bag these partnerships is just like looking for investment. It is very difficult in the tech space, but it is possible. It's just for you to know some tips and tricks and know who to meet. But we'll do that when we come back from this break. Do you want to save time and avoid the stress it takes to do multiple transactions? Or is it about that time of the moment when you need to pay salaries? To help you with that, NetApp SwiftPay makes it simple to send funds anywhere, anytime, connecting you to over 50 banks and wallets globally. NetApp SwiftPay, better way to pay. All right, it is still Africa Tech Radio. My name is Lillian and you're listening to Back to Base. Back to Base is that program. I just like saying it humanizes tech founders and lets you know that you can do it. You can you can be there. And that is why we bring this um, founders on board to tell us about their journey. How has it been for you? How What do you see? What are your projections? What are your advice? Or what is your advice for the open commerce? And we have been talking to Edwin he is the co-founder of NetApps Technology. Hello, once more. <laughs> yeah, hello. Hi. Okay, so we're going to just continue, right? Yes, I'm talking about how people can spot, you know, partnerships and investments. Those who are, are looking to, they've already started something, right? They've already started, like that, like that song said, take one step at a time. They're still taking one step at a time, but then they're looking for partnership and investments so that they can continue and scale. But either they don't know how to go about it or it's not just working. So what is your take on that? How did, do they go about it? When you have an idea of a problem you want to solve, before you even go about looking for partnership, you should have a convincing product ready to offer. Every investor that uh, wants to put in money definitely wants return on investment it's not all ideas that will sell so you definitely will have to convince that investor of the reasons why he has to invest his money in that business so 
you should be sure of yourself and the product you have to offer. Secondly, is that um, well, most times when someone starts a business, the person is not even really looking at it in terms of the partnership per se. Uh, most successful business just came out of the sort of passion to solve a problem. And in the course of solving a problem, um, one will now re realize that, hey, I need money to be able to take care of a whole lot, working capital and the likes of them. And uh, the first set of people that you might actually reach out to might be friends and family. Then I have this idea, this concept. And uh, if they believe in you and the likes of them, some might say, okay, uh, take this uh, um, uh, 500,000, take this 1 million, take this 2 million, and let's see what you come up with, right? Uh, especially in this environment where it's not easy for you to walk into the bank and then with your idea and concept and get facilities. Uh, it's all like uh, what is obtainable out there in Nigeria. No bank will honor you um, in that regard. Definitely, you need to collateralize their their investment, and then not even that. You need to also walk through the, I said, the camel walking through the eye of the needle for you to get money from the banks. <laughs> That's the truth. So um, the closest is friends and family, right? And they are what we call the angel investors. Most times, they are the ones that uh, will really invest in your company, and they see how it scales. So for you to really look out for, there are also kind of other investments, investors that might come in, people, but then that's if you're fortunate uh, to join or to be able to reach out to one of the venture capitalists, and then yes, they can invest in your company. But then most times it's always friends and family that starts it up. And then along the line, we've grown the product, then yeah, you can now start reaching out to more people that have bigger, bigger uh, funds to invest in your company. But how do you spot it? When you go and you talk to your angel investors and they're able to put in believe in you and you come up with a product and then you're able to run a small, uh, you push it out there, the community might not be so much. Uh, it could still be friends and family. It could still be um, uh, more a larger group than that. And then you get a pause of people. That tells you how it's going to be accepted within the market. Uh, with your facts and um your data, you can as well just reach out to people and they're present and make you know, believing that somebody will believe in you and then just yes, put in money. There is no fast rule to it. It's just uh, just do your thing and believe yes, it's going to scale yes. So make your make your product or service very irresistible so that. Yes, let me very exactly. So before so you like, approach like, them, they will approach you, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it happens both ways. Somebody, maybe an angel investor might actually see it and he likes it and talks to another angel investor and the person will say, okay, I want to see that product and you understand. Uh, at times, you might even limit yourself and limit the horizon that the product will reach out to. You understand? Mm -hmm. But then they will tell you that, no, we can, you can scale this even beyond you understand what you think of. And then, yeah, you make your money from it. But believe in your idea, believe in your concept, come up with a good product that, that delivers uh, uh, solutions to problems differently from what is obtainable out there or an innovative idea that people can believe in and then yeah the money will come <laughs> okay so i'm curious i know like we have said like numerous times right now that you are a serial entrepreneur right you, you uh, for those who don't understand serial entrepreneur is someone who has founded or co-founded multiple businesses so you have done that I'm just curious to know whether there's any any business you found that, that did not take off as you liked or a business idea that oh, you started and then you threw away halfway. Let, let me know about that. There's still a company that was set up and we had to close. We had to shut down because, of course, we invested in it and we lost money. 
just one, and I learned lessons from that. And that has to do with uh, distributorship of different products, where I learned hard lessons though, very hard lessons. And more or less putting automation first, thing, don't trust or believe in anyone. So people are there for different purposes and things like that. But then, yeah, apart from that, all businesses I've invested into, and I'm still investing into, they're thriving. They're all thriving. Um, be it construction, be it real estate, be it uh, technology, of course. Um, there's yeah, no one that halfway you just gave up on. Ah, no, there's no halfway. All ah. are thriving. All where, are. where were you? When were you born? And where, sir? Let's know. Maybe, maybe it's because. <laughs> 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 no, the thing is, uh, well, I'm a Nigerian. I'm born. Uh, uh, I was born in Nigeria, and uh, I schooled in Nigeria. And then, uh, yeah, I only just travel out to do business and I come back. Hmm. But anything, in fact, the fact is this: okay, as I said, before you get into something, there are a lot of things you actually weigh. If you're investing in a company that you don't have a full control over, um, you must believe in the, the people that are actually spearhead in that business mm-hmm. they should convince of uh, uh for you to be able to actually put in your money into that venture you must look for certain things uh, for me i always look at the balance sheets i always look at their business strategy or revenue strategy the business model they are adopting i always try to look at also the in- individual the integrity of those persons you know is that some people are always uh, more money conscious some people that are looking at solving a problem and they are so passionate about it. I always prefer the passion than uh, the ones that are just all about the money. Because I believe that you only succeed in what you have passion in and not just uh, just providing service for services. So I look at all of those uh, factors. Who are the, the people spearheading the business? What are their passions? Uh, do they have integrity? And then if they do, yes, I put in my money. And I've not lost um <laughs> let's go back further right first of all were you born like were you born in a business household did your parents do business well i think uh I, no, no 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 i wasn't born in a business home my parents were called civil servants my dad was an accountant and uh well you know accountants they don't spend money you know oh i know so, <laughs> Before they spend money, definitely there must be justification for that. So yeah, my mom also is, um, was a civil servant, and uh, yeah, so none of us. Uh, I think I'm the very first business person um, in my main house. But then I could say that uh, I took a beat from my cousin, who it's uh, my mentor, my friend. Yeah, he was the first entrepreneur that we had, and he started from nothing into building what I call a conglomerate. But then he is into, he's a civil engineer. And uh, it took, he told me that when I wanted to start, he said, there are three things that would uh, set you apart from the rest. The first is discipline. The second, it's hard work. And the third is integrity. Uh, when you say no, stand by your no. When you say yes, stand by your yes. And that uh, to sum all of this, the prayers, so, and they said, once you have this tree, you have everything. And I took it serious. I ensured that in everything that I do, um, integrity stands before any other thing else. In every partnership that uh, um, I get into transparency and accountability, which is part of my dad, you know, it's uh, what <laughs> I have to do. So, 
so that's just the way it is. And then we learned by the day. Mm-hmm. I was, as I said, I was fortunate. I was fortunate to be able to work uh, in the tech space, and uh, I, I worked in the business arm and uh, also the tech arm. I was a technical manager at the point, and then I also was uh, the AGM in terms of business. So I was able to sell, develop, and sell, and then just me how to combine both together. And then, yeah, I mean, so we'll go for business business meetings and every afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Somebody told me that when you want to start your business, you don't just, you know, when you want to scale or transition into tech, you don't throw away your core skills. If it is um, persuasion that you have, you take that persuasion skill and take it into tech space and you thrive. It's more very important. Very important. I agree with you 100%. Okay. So when you're younger, you, you yeah. I just want to, to, to part with this money. So. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Well, so I think. Maybe I'll come to you for some courses because I I really don't, you know you be you be you be scared for them you be feeling for them right but you're not supposed to be feeling for them you're supposed to be feeling for your own company my company is going under and I'm feeling I'm feeling for somebody who is literally investing to make more money so when you are younger much much younger because of course we all had childhood dreams right I wanted to be an actress <laughs> and. Mm. And I pivoted. Uh-huh. So tell me more about that. Your um, your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was a lot, a lot, lot younger, um, as I said, I wanted to be a, an aer- uh, aeronautic engineer. Uh, I look forward to um, um, flying a, um, a plane, um, fixing a plane when there's trouble, and the likes of them. Uh, but you know those are they said if wishes are horses so why did you all right. why why did you not go into yeah. computer well the realities of life start setting in there is this joke that uh, was was cracked by one of the comedians he said that in Niger when people are growing up everybody wants to be a doctor everybody wants to be a lawyer but uh, when Niger happens to you then definitely you change your dream <laughs> you edit it <laughs> You put it on Microsoft Word and start changing. <laughs> oh boy, oh, that would have been really nice. I interviewed somebody who said he wanted to fly. He wanted to build flying cars. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then now, so today we have flying cars, all right? Yeah, we do. Flying cars are evolving. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's part of the dream. Oh, oh so boy. So those were the dreams of uh, yesterday, and then uh, at um, we are growing and maturing, and uh, we started looking at. Um, some of my friends still wanted to be doctors and the likes of them, but then um, I was opportuned to meet uh, a prof um, from a Federal University of Technology, Uweri, who told me then, he said, uh, have you heard of computer science? Um, coincidentally then, honestly, I even applied uh, the FUTU for agroeconomics. And uh, I got admission and he told me, hey, guy, uh, forget about this agroeconomics. Why have you heard of computer um, science? Com- and I said, computer science, no, not at all. And he told me to, to go and find out. And then it was, of course, there was no no um, uh, internet. So mm-hmm. it was more or less, you have to go to your library. And then I read, I went to a uh, library and I, and I read, uh, I saw some articles on computer science. And I think that's where I actually p- picked that interest in it. And as I said then, there were only nine institutions that were offering that. Four universities and then five uh, polytechnics, including Yabatech. That was offering it. So it was then I'm like, hmm, it's like it's something of the future. And they, yeah. And I got interested and I got hooked. <laughs> so it's something that 
I have been in all, all my life. It's uh, what I love doing. It's what I sleep, what I think of. Um, yeah, yeah. Tech. I think that tech found you and saved you from making a big mistake. Uh, you know, by going. Yeah, into... absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'm, I'm in love with it. I'm in love with it. People are leaving. <laughs> people are leaving their 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 medical degrees. Their all their degrees to go into tech. Like they are going yeah. to back to yeah. school, literally studying again. So people need to know that tech is the future. Speaking of tech, MSME's day is twenty yeah. seventh of June, right? And today is twenty sixth. Yeah. There are lots of companies in Nigeria, lots of companies in Africa, in the world, but these companies have refused to scale into like allow tech. I I, I used to say something. Let tech help. They have refused to let yeah. tech help. So, what do you have to say about these companies who are still operating offline in the 21st century? The truth is that um, in uh, Africa, we will still have that. Let's be realistic. And that's the reason why I say that um, there's so much business opportunities for people that get into tech. Mm. Um, for such companies, because you make money through them by offering and rendering services. It's um, not the way it seems out there that we think that every business uh, is also has a bit of technology, you understand, mm-hmm. um, embedded in services for, to help them grow. It's, uh, in Nigeria, it takes a while for that to happen. And then all we needed to do was just to, or what we need to do is just to keep creating awareness. Let me give an instance. Uh, sometime around 2005, even within the government circle, the gov- federal government circle, when you mention tech, it's like as if you're talking gibbish. <laughs> as far back as 2005, as far back as 2010, People don't really understand what technology could do. They, they look at it from the perspective that uh, the moment you have that, uh, then, uh, of course, people will be fired from their jobs. And they look at the disadvantage rather than the advantage. And not knowing that instead of focusing on something, it helps you, that is to put your attention and your skill and some other things that will help you grow. So mm-hmm. it takes a while. Or the way to go about it, if you ask me one, it's one, the policies that the federal government will have to enact. The policies also should help the medium and small scale companies to be able to scale. Mm-hmm. You could, federal government could say now that um, as a criteria for to assessing some of the loans or services that uh, the companies uh, could have A, B, C that are tech related mm-hmm. embedded. You know, on yeah, you could say okay. First and foremost, you must have a website. Okay, mm-hmm. you should be able to. Your web, your products and services, your goods on the website, and that also uh, you must have a payment gateway integrated inside. So the money you're no longer collecting cash, you understand? Then, then it goes straight to your account. The second is even within your company, you might you should have a bit of an accounting software, okay? And then we, if you're able to have A, B, C, then we'll be able to give you 10 million, 20 million, 50 million naira loan. So it's more or less a policies, okay, mm-hmm. that it's uh, that the government will enact and then uh, creating more awareness that will actually make people accept uh, technology. Yeah. So some companies really will make money from it. We can't wait to make money actually. And, uh, and some com- some companies, the only accounting software they have is Excel. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And then when. When you when 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 I talk about it, you will be thinking that it's a full fledged end to end automated system. Mm-hmm. The moment you say, "Okay, can I see it?" They open up Microsoft Excel. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, um, before we leave, let's talk about NetApps, right? What is the future of NetApps? What do you see in not just um, NetApps, right, but in that ecosystem in, say, five years? What do you, where do you see going? Our vision is to be one of the global leaders uh, uh, within the fintech uh, ecosystem, mobile fintech ecosystem. For us to be able to achieve this, uh, we're looking at building solutions, product and solutions and partnership that would uh, help us scale. In NetApps, we don't just build just the payment infrastructure. We have a payment infrastructure that we've integrated to the Nigerian Interbank Settlement System. And then with uh, a couple of services that we have uh, integrated from that platform into our solutions. We also integrated to other payment processors, the MasterCard, the Verve, the Visas, American Express for foreign remittances back and forth. We have the USSD transfers, the back transfers, and the backs of them within our payment gateway. We also have products that are being used by businesses, B2B, B2C, and also individuals pair-to-pair via their digital wallet system. So all of this is what we're trying to, as much as possible, use to solve the problems that are prevalent out there when it comes to payments. We're trying to solve uh, the payment problem that businesses have, individuals have, companies have, government organizations have, and so on and so forth. And we see ourselves that in the next two or three years, that uh, when uh, they're mentioning at least uh, the very first uh, five companies, we see ourselves to be part of it. And then in five years' time, we should be among those that are also competing with uh, the top three within the Nigerian space, for instance, and then scaling out in five years' time across the African continent. So we'll have a tall dream, we'll have a vision, and uh, we'll look forward to actually realizing it. It's achievable. It's a tall one. It's achievable, but then we believe we'll get it. We'll have the expertise. We'll have everything um, going for us for that. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Is there anything you want to say before we leave? I want to say thank you. Thank you once again for having us. And uh, and we'll look forward to more of this from time to time. And also, if possible, create a, a session whereby not only entrepreneurs, but also seasoned professionals can come and also encourage the youths, the young ones, to get on stream. Um, they, so this Japa syndrome, everybody wants to go out there. Um, of course, uh, because of the fact that people do not believe there are opportunities in Nigeria. But when uh, the tech experts uh, tell them of uh, possible opportunities that are available, a lot of them would definitely would know that it's easier to be in here and make money. Lots of companies are coming into Nigeria investing billions of dollars in, in the economy. It simply means they know the opportunities are there. So the opportunities are there. So my advice to young ones is uh, look around you. There's a problem to be solved. Get into tech. You'll make money. You don't need to jabba. Thank All you. right. You don't need to jackpot. You don't need to leave Nigeria. Stay Nigeria and try and make it. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Edwin Okoro, for joining us today. He is the co-founder and the CEO of NetApps. My name is Lillian. And of course, you can cover your brown sugar. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.